welcome to the Flamcast. Uh, it's been a while, but racing has started down under, and, and uh, I'm welcoming back my chum Derek. How's it going, mate? Not too bad, buddy. Uh, been a long time. I know the two of us were kind of out of action and in action over Christmas, so we kind of missed that 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 bit of time. So it's been a little bit of a, a, a big break for the two of us. But uh, yeah, racing has started. We've had the Aussie Nationals, we had the New Zealand Nationals, uh, the Bay Crits have happened, and now we've had the first stage of Tour Down Under. Do you feel as if the season has started? Oh yeah, I actually got up early to, to watch the race this morning and fell asleep and missed it. Uh, so yeah I really feel the season started every year and I, I know I say this every year but we've got a lot of listeners in the Velocast over on the other side of the world in Australia and they, yeah, I give them a hard time for moaning about how hard it is to watch professional cycling during the season and you know they have to stay up in the middle of the night to watch the Tour de France I only get a brief taste of that during this Tour Down Under week but it's absolutely hellish it, play, it plays havoc with your circadian rhythms yeah, well, it does, and especially when you're kind of of our age, it's not easy. It's not easy. So Caleb, you uh, won today in the wrong jersey. Um, that's yeah. got to be a huge confidence boost for the guy. I mean, it, a new environment. He's moved away from a team where the team owner was, you know, essentially a member of his family, uh, which you know we had a lot of support from from for Ewan in the last team. Must have been a big, you know, a big overhaul of his priorities. He's got his first victory. I could see him winning, you know, whenever there's a sniff of a sprint over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I think, look, if we take a look at the, the whole sprinter thing, the whole uh, narrative or the whole uh, group of sprinters have really shifted this year. You know, Gaviria going to UAE, um, you know, Cav coming back in and the, the talk over the winter is that he's really hitting the numbers. Is this his last season? Gripe going to Samsek, uh, Ewan going to Lotto, you know, uh, Sagan still hanging around there in the background. So you've got a, a big kind of mix around of, of, of those guys this, this this kind of past off season. So there's going to be a lot of guys coming out, um, early guns, trying to get the mark down, trying to say, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fit, I'm happy, I'm going to win all around me. So you're going to see a, a lot of action, I'd say coming up to Milan San Remo, you're going to see a lot of guys, a lot of sprinters looking to try and win that. Um, you know, and then you've got guys that are already established um, that are there. You know, the who's the French guy, that FDJ, that won Milan San Remo? Can't uh, think of his name. Arnaud uh, Demar. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's Demar, Groningen, uh, they're all established, they in the same team, so they don't have to kind of put their hands up yet. So you're, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of this, you know, like uh, what, uh, the race over in Colombia that Gaviria is probably going to try and win a few stages at so they're going to be putting down a few early season markers but you, you, it, it, I, I'm ignoring the early season markers I want to see how they go into Torino into Paris into Milan San Remo and that'll that'll tell me how the season's going to go for those guys um, Ewan's going to be an interesting one because you know he, there's talks now that he's going to ride the Giro on the Tour Yeah. Um, so Lotto are, Lotto are really looking to get their pound of flesh out of him quite quickly um, probably I'd say if he's going to do a Giro probably jump out at stage 12 I'd say a lot of the sprinters that are going to do Giro 2 are going to jump out at stage 12 mm-hmm. um, which is quite a pity because you, you don't you don't get the sprinter battle throughout the, the Giro that you do in the tour you know you don't I know Sagan can always win the green jersey but you do always get riders that will try win stages and sprinters that will stay in and the, the finish into Paris is almost like a sprinter world championships and I, I know yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that the for all that it's still a, a prestigious jersey, the the points jersey in the Giro just isn't worth. You know, it's not the icon that no. the green jersey is in the Tour. 
no, and like a couple of years ago, uh, the Cav, the Cav win the jersey from Cadell Evans on the last stage. Oh, he, yeah, he, I honestly can't remember. No, <laughs> but which I, is kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, there was a couple of mountain stages, and Cadell had the points jersey of all things for Cadell to have. And I think uh, Cav won the last or second last stage or something like that, sprint stage, and took the jersey back. Like, and that's. I can understand that happening for a GC rider and a mountains classification, but for a sprint classification, I can't, I, I, I can't comprehend that. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think the the Giro points classification has lost a bit, bit of luster. I thought last year with Sam and uh, Viviani, there was a good battle. Um, it's been the first time there's been a good battle in Giro in a few years for a jersey. But yeah, it's going to be interesting now to see how Gaviria fares out at UAE, how they're going to use Kristoff. Um, how you and fares out against other big boys because the, the the sprint the sprint kind of trains down there are a bit light this year. I know Viviani's down there, I know Sagan's down there, but they're still a bit light, so it's going to be easy enough for him to to mop up a few wins down there. But it's going to be interesting for the full year, isn't it? I tell you what, the one thing that struck me there is you you reeled off a long list of riders that we're going to have to watch for the sprints, and particularly looking forward to Milan San Remo and stuff. And the name that you only mentioned at the very end, and even there, only in, in reference to his battle with Gaviria, um, is Sam Bennett. I mean, we've been talking for years. I mean, you've been pushing Sam for God for a decade to me when we've been chatting, uh, but. I, we've been talking for a couple of years about Sam having a big breakthrough. We saw the start of that. I think it's going to be a really difficult year for Bennett because it is. It's, I mean, it's a it's a glittering spread of sprinters that you've talked about there, and Sam's probably got harder competition than than he had even you know last year or the year before coming up. I think Sam. Uh, right. Yep. I'm gonna lay my cards out here. Right. You know, I'm a fan. You know, I know him well. You know, I know the family. But I'm gonna put my kind of um, my, my my straight hat on here and kind of say it as I, as I kind of see it I'm not going to favour Sam in any way shape or form his biggest problem isn't the other sprinters I think he has the measure of Viviani I've always thought that ever since he got in the scrap with Viviani in the Tour of Britain years ago riding for on post and Viviani lost the head at him um, he has no fear of Viviani I think he can I think he can boss him I don't think I think I'm certain Gaviria is the fastest sprinter in the bunch um, and we said this before about Gaviria, his application is questionable. Um, but for Rob Pace, there's nobody better than him oh, just now, I think. No, no. And I think that that, that masks a lot. Um, he has huge potential. And people will maybe say that Derek, you're being harsh on him here. You know, he won a couple of stages in the Tour and he had a yellow jersey. But that's what he's able to do. What he's capable, to, capable of doing is much more than that. And he's not filling fulfilling that capability but I think Sam any given day I think Sam is in the top three sprinters in the world Mm -hmm. I think his biggest problem currently is the structure of his team Um, you know they've given Ackerman the Giro Mm -hmm. Uh, Sagan's not definitely always going to get the Tour so he's going to be third choice in going to the Vuelta if he goes to the Vuelta and he wins four stages he's won stages in Vuelta and the Giro Uh, he needs to go to that Tour that's exactly it. He's got he's got either side of it, and I think this year, if you know, there's, there's f- maybe four or five of the premier sprinters, you and Viviani, a few more of them going to the Giro and trying to do Giro and Tour. I think if you brought Sam Fresh to the Giro, I think he'd destroy a lot of people. Yeah, and and he showed it last year. You know, look, I, I think, putting hand on heart, one of the best wins 
all season that I saw was Sam destroying everyone into Monza. Oh, you know? that breakaway where he surprised everybody and actually won, won in what was effectively a solo breakaway rather than a sprint. Yeah. yeah. And that just showed the desire, the power and everything else in a man. And I think he is class apart. Um, I think, look, I can understand what Bohr are doing. They're giving Ackerman his chance at the Giro. I think if Ackerman finishes top five in stages, he'll do very well. He's awkward. He's horrible to sprint against. He's a bit choppy in the sprint. He's a big man. I don't think he has the speed of uh, Gaviria or Ewan. Um, and I think he could end up on the deck in one of the stages. I'm not... I don't want to... Custom. It's just his sprint. Yeah, it's just his sprinting style. He... It, it, it harks back to me of... Um, you know, when Cattell had the big lead out, when he had Vlers and a few more of Argos Shimano and they were going up against HDC and they were going up against Henderson and a few more of them with, with um, Greipel. And mm-hmm. when there was lads banging and coming down, he reminds me of that big, awkward bollocks of a sprinter. And I have a feeling if he chops someone up once, he'll get away with it. The next time, someone will hold, hold the line and he'll be into the barriers. Yeah. And just... He's awkward like that. And he's just, you know, he's just a big, awkward sprinter. And I, f- I have a feeling that that could happen to him. But in saying that, I think Sam... <sighs> he... It's a hell of a team to be in if you're a sprinter, isn't it? It is. I, I actually it... think today what we saw was a glimpse of Milan Sanremo, you know, because um, I managed to, to find highlights to watch after I, you know, dozed off in my dotage trying to watch the race live on a feed. And we saw, I think Caleb Ewan owes a, a huge amount to Roger Kluger. Because yeah. you know he 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 kept the thing in check and delivered you absolutely perfectly, and you you know took off like a rocket there. Reminded me very much actually of a younger calf today. Yep. I mean, it was a brilliant, brilliant ride. But I think we saw that hint of what's going to happen at Milan San Remo because Bora have got an embarrassment of riches, and the fact that you know we're talking about Sam struggling to get a ride is an indication of that. Because we saw Daniel Loss take a flyer, you could easily see him being the the hare that takes off in front of the pack on the on the podio or something. You know, he's got enough talent, or even in the Chipressa, you know, one of the earlier climbs just to mix things up. And then you had Sagan, who started his sprint pretty much when the line was nearly upon him and still yep. looked fast enough. And that one-two of Oss and uh, Sagan, I think, is going to dominate the early season for Bora. And I think they're just purely focused on that Milan San Remo just now. I think everything else is just an afterthought. I think Sagan wants that. And Yeah, I agree fact, with you there. You know, they look like they're flying just now, and I think Sagan's going to be really hard to beat as the season progresses. Because d- despite that ridiculous moustache, he still looked fantastic on the bike today. Yeah, and look, I, there's 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 two things here. I think um, Sagan, as one of the premier rulers of his generation, if not the best, he's still missing the Sprinters Classic, uh, which is Milan San Remo, yeah. and that that's a big hole in his Palmares. And, and you know, the the talk is that's burning a hole on him. Uh, you know that, that that really that really gets him. He's missed it by such you know when yeah. Pete Kowski beat him, it was it was like that time when Oscar Freire went under Zabel's armpit. Yeah, um, or when Kelly won against Le Mans. You know, look, there's and he he got pipped by Cancellara. He got you know he got he got pipped by did he get beaten by Goss as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's, he's it, been so close so often that must be burning a hole in him, as you say. So, but the silly thing is. Um, Bor, I don't know whether they do real, realize it or not, but um, setting setting Milan San Remo and setting the pace and setting it to suit Sagan will also suit Sam. 
he can he can climb he can get over those you know like if they set it hard and they you know they they, they really go to set the pace for Sagan I think he probably could get rid of a Ewan he'd get rid of a Viviani definitely Kittel won't be anywhere next or near that finish Um, you know so I think even riding for Sagan could suit Sam at, Sagan, at, at Milan San Remo and if he gets to the finish and you know look he knows he's not first choice for Giro he knows he's not first first choice for Tour would you take the right hand side of the road and just go aye aye absolutely I, I thought I was leading you out Peter sorry <laughs> you know, that, you know that, look, that would be a beautiful win I'd love to see that actually and look I suppose that also ties in with one of the questions I was going to ask you um, Sky this year with the with the breakup possible breakup at what point in the year do you think riders are going to start riding for themselves? It depends. I mean, there's, uh, I think, Gazeta de la Sport or Corriere de la Sera, one of them last week reported that um, Comcast, who bought Sky, uh, have said they'll do 70% funding for 2020. Uh, so that team might actually be looking to continue. I don't know. I mean, that's still all to play out. But yeah. it would be easy, you know, certainly by the time the Giro comes, to see riders, if that's not settled, to see riders start to ride for a contract as opposed to ride for a team. Although, having said that, they get paid so much at Sky that it might just buy last year loyalty. You know, they get paid paid enough that it might buy their loyalty. Uh, But I think think they're going to carry on now. I mean, all the rumblings are that they're going to find maybe not the money they've got from, you know, the Murdoch bunch, but certainly enough to be still the premier team in the peloton. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm actually really interested to watch what happens at the Tour with Sky because I think Froome's going to dominate the thing because he doesn't have a grand tour in his legs. But I underestimated Thomas last year. I kept thinking he was going to falter and I'm not going to make the same mistake again. You know, the Thomas that we saw at Alp Days, for example, I think could have taken on the best Froome. So I think yep. it's going to be quite exciting to see what happens with those two because I think you could have a genuine tension even though they seem the best of friends. Yeah, I think the team is not diffusing that tension as well. I think, you know, the way that they handled Thomas this year and, you know, like not giving him the second bike and a few other bits and pieces during, during even when he was in yellow mm-hmm. um, and supporting Froome the whole way. I Even if it didn't leave a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, It'll leave a little bit of doubt in your in your own head, like you know that they're well. If if I if I fall off here, are they going to look after me? Yeah. Are they going to get me back? You know, and that tension will definitely do something. And I suppose as well, they're they're, they're trying to keep the two of them apart this year, aren't they? They're they're on yeah, kind they're, of separate, different programs, are they? Yeah, which is going to be interesting because um, if one of them starts faltering, for example, if Room starts faltering early season. And your plan is Froome was going to the tour. What do you do then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's exciting times. Let's pull it back to this week, though. Tour down under coming. Wollonga yep. Hills the last day. Richie Port's got the thing in the bag, surely. Yeah. You know, um, um, I think Wollonga moving next... it to the last day changes the dynamic entirely. All Port has to do is sit on folk who are going for bonus seconds during the race and then take off on the thing that he's made his own in recent years. Yeah, I, I think they need to mix it up in some way, shape, or form. Maybe put in a, a medium stage maybe a day before it or something like that just to gap it up a bit yeah and uh, I mean the other thing that we were discussing on, on Twitter last night is Sagan's on an aluminium bike how will he win anything yeah look <laughs> um, <laughs> Specialised are a fantastic marketing company 
Um, actually, th- th- this reminds me. In the last episode that we recorded before Christmas, um, I insulted all marketing managers by saying I hated that presented by um, moniker that a lot of teams are using. Mm-hmm. And one marketing manager in particular contacted me directly. Um, and this, this chap has um, connections to a well-established uh, cycling magazine in the UK and a well-established cycling brand of clothing in the UK, oh, both, yes. beginning with, both beginning with R. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'd like to apologize. Uh, all marketing managers shouldn't be shot. Well, maybe some of them should, but not James anyway. Uh, but, I, um, I, think, I think one of those R's should be shot, actually. Before we get onto the bike, the, the Education First presented by Drapak, blah, blah, blah. Jersey's been creating much chaos. I mean, there's a couple of marketing things I want to talk to you about once. The jersey actually, now, now I've seen it in the bike, quite like, I mean, it's really distinctive. It looks good. I think all the kind of Rafaes that came out with its launch sounded like they were going to save the world. It's the biggest bunch of bollocks I've ever heard. And what the fuck is going on with those hats? No clue. <laughs> I mean, they look like, I, I don't know, in Ireland, did you get Bill and Ben and the Flower Pot men? Yes. That's yes. what they look like. They they look like, um, they also remind me of Liam Gallagher going to a rave mid-90s. <laughs> and the, I mean, the other marketing thing that I saw this morning or yesterday is, you know, for the last couple of years, Scott's done the the rider profile pictures yes. for yes, I saw. Um, I saw oh man, the Sunweb ones with the with the missing eyes. It's it, and the background looks like old flock wallpaper that's been spattered with blood. Yeah, all it needs is just some some flames across the bottom of it. It's fucking terrifying. It is. It is. <laughs> but just to go back to your um your your Rafa thing, um, I had a good chat this week with uh, Stephen Moon, who's the CEO of Science and Sport. Yeah, um, good lad actually, Stephen. I, we've talked to him a lot in the early days of the Velocast. Yeah, um, and he was on another podcast recently, and he he made a very very throwaway line um, that they know exactly how much of a return they're getting for each pound they're spending mm-hmm. on sponsorship. Now you have to remember they're not on a jersey. They're not, so they're not anywhere prominent. They just sponsor. Um, they just sponsor a team. Well, they also sponsor Man United and they sponsor Adam Peaty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very much new. He's not new school as in that market. You know, they, they, marketing or anything like that. They've. He's very much against the idea of just a, a, a label on a jersey, something on a team, a rider in a breakaway. Um, he's very much that you need to be switched on, you need to be engaged with the team you're sponsoring and you need to know what you want to get out of it and you need to develop that relationship and you need sponsorship is worth it and sponsorship can work for you and engagement can work for you and mar- marketing will work for you. But um, this idea of putting in a, a, giving 10 million to a team and putting a name on a jersey and that's it, it's, it's harsh shit to him. And it's a, if, you, if anyone wants to have a uh, scroll of my timeline, you'll see a good conversation between myself and Steve and he explains what they do and how they use marketing and how they target people and how they advertise directly uh, using branding from Team Sky and everything else and 
how they've spent money on that and how they've seen sales corresponding to that. And it just makes a hell of a lot of sense. And he seems to be butting his head up against the wall like when talking to a lot of other teams about how to do this sort of stuff. And, you know, um, one comment that was made to a, from another team is that he said, you need a commercial manager. And the the, the team team principal said to him, I can't afford Reuters. How can I afford a team commercial manager? Yeah. And the point is, well, your team commercial manager, if you can't afford him, you can't afford your team. Well, it's that old business maxim, isn't it? The first thing that gets cut in a downturn is marketing, and it's the last thing that should be cut. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting times ahead for cycling because I I I do think that Rafa and EF drop back model. I I can understand what they're doing. I don't I don't understand why they're doing it that way. That makes sense. It's quite exciting, actually, because they're, they're going to read, you know, I, I, I almost laughed when they were talking about doing the, the gravel events and that kind of thing, although it's such a big growth area in the sport. They're doing um, Dirty Kansas, they're doing Leadville, they're, they're even doing the Three Peaks race in Britain. Yeah. I mean, that's serious involvement. I think it's really going to help the brand. I, mean, I think that is absolute genius. And that's where... You know, although we laugh at it, everybody is talking about that jersey now. So it's done its job. You know, it's really clever. The hats, everybody's laughing at them, but we'll remember that. And maybe the Sunweb creepy Halloween things is the same thing, you know. Maybe it'll just raise our profile. It's interesting, actually, to see, uh, watching the cyclocross, you know, Sunweb are on Cervelo this year. Uh, they're, they're riding rebranded giants. Yeah. You know, if I was Cervelo, I would have got a cyclocross bike out too sweet so that my team riders could be on it. When particularly when you've got such good you know, cyclocross riders. Yeah, and look, there is such an such a, an array of other manufacturers that could knock you up a frame as well. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm quite surprised at that. But you look at specialised. Um, the you know, Cav hasn't rode a specialised bike on a track in I don't know how long. Um, when he was on specialised, uh, Viviani's definitely not riding a specialised bike. Yeah. Um. So look, yeah, it's 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 a strange one, and I suppose we haven't touched on the the bike merry-go-round this year either. I'm going to be looking at lads, and I'm going to be confused for the rest of the year. You know, with BMC at Die Data, Joint at CCCCCCC, uh, Cervelo at Sunweb, Nico at Sunweb as well, which is going to confuse me completely. <laughs> I actually think, I mean, Cav apparently is delighted with his BMC. You know, he was really open about the fact that he was really unhappy that the it was at the R5 he was riding the Cervelo yep. was you know a five or six year old design, and he felt it was costing him just those fractions of a second that can make all the difference in a sprint. Word is that he's absolutely delighted with the bike he's got from BMC. You're saying that he's you know he's got the numbers now. I mean, I've been talking about this year almost as a farewell tour for Cav. I would be delighted if he came out the blocks and started winning things and shaking up these young guys this year. And the bike yep. actually for a and it's a big part of that you have to have the confidence in what's you know what's between your legs matron yes and look going back to that as well like uh, the, if we look back at UAE this year this last year um, Aru tossing the bike and having the, the shit fit was that at the, the Vuelta yeah yeah um, there's uh, been there's been a lot of complaints about that Conlago and I know people are going to beat me down for this but the, the talk is that if you're sprinting or you're riding that bike up to 35 40k an hour perfect you know you don't see any issues with it you get over 40 get up to 50 55k an hour uh, and the bike is just dragging on the road it's just stuck to the road 
and you're having to absolutely monster to get that extra kilometer an hour out of it, you're having to monster to you know to move it along. And um, yeah, he really, had to apologize to Ernesto Colago, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the team had to apologize and everything else. But there was talks that UAE were going from Colago with a good while last year until there were some discussions. But I believe that bike is an absolute pig to ride. Um, so look, you do, I suppose, going back to your point about the aluminium bike, like you do wonder, um, you know, there's, there's riders been forced to ride the, the aero bike for the sprints. Um, because that's what the sponsor wants but is it actually the best bike for that that rider who knows i think the interesting thing about aluminium and the discussion we had wasn't about you know what sagan rides because without a doubt if you've got a choice a chance of a big win you know it's highly unlikely that he's going to be on that prototype alley criterium in milan Remo. you know they're going to put every single bit of technical and um, expertise behind them that they can However, what I was saying was that for the average rider, you know, even the, the top level club rider, I see a lot of guys on dogmas, for example, with wheels that aren't, you know, quite up to scratch and maybe a dogma with 105 or Potenza or whatever. Yep. Uh, whereas they might be better on a top end aluminium bike with Altegra and a much better set of wheels. You know, it's a bit yeah. balanced. And I think a lot of folk now focus too much on wanting the frame that they see their heroes on. Uh, whereas, you know, if you're out racing, it's the old time trial thing. You're much better having, you know, the best set of wheels you can buy and 105 than Dura Ace and a shite set of wheels. Yeah, and I think as well is that the options these days for guys to buy and build are getting slim and far and few between. Yeah. So if you want red, if you want... Altegra, you're you're going towards that that carbon frame, the six seven grand option. Yeah, you know the 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 aluminium stuff is the the thousand euro thousand pound option, and it's the stuff with Tiagra one hundred five. But you know, and it's like you said, they're wheels that are made of I don't know what you want to call them, but yeah, they're the the, the bog standard entry level wheels. Um, but yeah. I, it's interesting. Specialized are a very, very good marketing company, and it'll be yeah. interesting to see where this goes. Like you said, if you got a very good alu frame and it's decently aero and everything else, what's the difference between that and a? Yeah, a you're not going to lose a race because of it. You know, even no. if, even even if you're a top club man, and uh, I think it's I, th- I think it's really interesting from Specialized because you're right, it's purely marketing. You know, they they sell far more alleys than they do tarmacs or rubies, I would imagine. Uh, and to see to have a marketing picture, there's a beautiful shot. I think it's at the final corner already out doing the rounds from the the sprint this morning, and there's a beautiful shot of Sagan just, you know, outside leg, stretched out in the pedal, cornering hard, and the frame is absolutely obviously aluminium. You know, you can tell yep. it's not carbon, and that shot or something like it is going to be used in every specialised marketing picture for the alley this year. So, the, yep. you know, job done. It's as oh, simple yeah, as it. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's a nice paint job, and it looks well and everything else, and, you know, it doesn't look, you know... It's a nice looking bike, and and that's that's quite hard to find these days because a lot of the bikes now just even when you're into the ten twelve grand bikes they don't look nice. No, and it looks different, which is a biggie as well. You know, a lot of the carbon yeah. bikes look the same. I'm going to pull us away from technical stuff now because, as you know, I'm on a hard out because Elsa visits her mum on a, a Sunday, so I've I've got to do my taxi duties. Um, let's take a look forward. We've talked about Milan San Remo. I think. 
and I say this every year, and every year it's actually panned out exactly as I said, I think we're in for a bloody great classic season. You look at the riders who are in form, you look at people talking about, uh, you know, um, concentrating on the cobbled classics, Bob Youngles, you know, wanting to go and win a Flanders, you could easily see that, although he's now riding Ruby this year. Sagan looking as good as he ever did. The classic season, I'm, I mean... I'm well past that point where I'm bored with cycling as I am in the middle of the winter, you know, where it's just that down low, you've got no racing going on, or you've got to talk about is politics. I'm already thinking about how exciting the classic season is going to be. And if you've got time off, I'm getting over to Roubaix this year. We should get a few beers, mate. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Sagan does this year because I think, and I'm I'm going to throw, throw this one out to you and see what you think. Sagan has has a fantastic legacy. He's won three worlds. Fair enough, but everyone's fucking shit tired at the end at the end of the season, and it's it's a little bit a little bit easier for him to win the worlds. Um, Flanders Roubaix, they are the premier selection of the classics at the start of the season. And, he, and his superlative bike handling can actually make a difference when other people who are aerobically as good as him maybe just lose out that fraction. If you know, which, whereas wants, Milan San Remo is just it's just a drag. Yeah, yeah, and I think he 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 he, he can be easily beaten in Milan San Remo. But if he wants to be thought of in the same breath as Kanslar, Boone, and any of those guys, I think he needs to start nailing Flanders Roubaix. I think he needs to start winning more of them. He's won one of each. And I know, look, you can say in a, uh, kind of when his first year at Bora, he did the two things that Kelly could never do. He won Flanders and he won the World Championships. And, you know, that sets him apart. But to be, he's fantastic. But to be considered... He's still no Kelly, though. No, yeah. No, no. I, and, you know, I, to be considered one of the classic greats, I think he's got to start winning more of them. And he's got to start winning them when he's supposed to, when he has to. And winning from the from the front and delivering you know i think this there, there season has to be i mean sorry but there has to be that sense of inevitability to taking the start yeah. line at a flanders or a Roubaix that you go yep. with a cancellara or a boonin in their pump exactly and i want to see if he does that this year this talk about riding liege and doing this and doing that eh, it's a bit wishy-washy for me i want to see him nail Roubaix flanders yeah, I, I, I think he's got Milan San Remo firmly in his sights, but I think it is far more of a lottery. If I'm like you, I, I can see a big fight, particularly at Flanders, because it's it's a different race uh, to Roubaix. Um, I, 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 if he turns up in the kind of form that it looks like he's going to have and starts winning those, then I think we'll be talking about him with a different tone. Yep. Although he's won so much and he's such a fantastic rider and he's the character that really sets fire to cycling just now, I still think he's only just started to live up to my expectations of what he was five years ago. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree there. You know, uh, he's got far more to go before you go, yeah, that's it. He's done what we thought he would do. You know, He's still only starting to fulfil his promise. I think you've hit the nail on the head. He has to start winning these things almost with a sense of inevitability so that you, you start to regard them in the same breath as a Boonin or a Cancellara or, you know, and the, the heady heights of a Kelly, although Kelly never won Flanders. I, there's a good argument for him being the, the greatest classics rider of all time in my mind. Yeah, no, I, and I, that's exactly what I'm kind of getting to with um, Sagan. You know, look, he has to start nailing these things on. Plus as well, this is the first year now. Um, Gilbert is probably... If he, Gilbert has one tilt at one of the classics. 
I think you know I don't think he's going to I don't think he can, he can hold a, a previous contract season Gilbert peak for, for all the classic season I think Gilbert has got one good tilt at one good classic this year uh, Terpster has gone to direct energy he's going to be a dark horse he's going to be there thereabouts but I don't know if he'll have the support of a quick step See I don't think Terpster's going to win anything this year because I think Terpster's great skill was taking advantage of the strength of his teammates so that when everybody had been battered up he could take a kind of uh, almost a speculative punt Yeah and I think he took that speculative Right, uh, Nicky, you go. Then you know we need someone else. Uh, Ilio, you go. You know, yeah. but when Terpster got that gap, and when he was away, he was perfect at finishing that off, and that's yeah. one of his great skills. I don't think he's going to have the support of of Quickstep, and I don't think he's going to have that number. So he, look, he could be there, thereabouts in the selection, yeah. but I don't, I, I don't see him doing doing anything. Um, Van Avermaet, I know last year was very hard on him with the contract and with, um with BMC and everything been pinned on, pinned on his shoulders to save the team and everything else so you know maybe he's going to be off the boil this year maybe he's going to go fuck it I have a two year three year contract I'm just going to take it I'm just going to do my do my job this year do my pedaling whatever else and get around so it's going to be interesting to see what he does if he puts it up to Sagan this year we could have a we could have a really good battle in, in the classics but after that then who do you see trying to fight Sagan? Yeah. I mean, I expected a far bigger fight. And I mean, we've seen it between Sagan and Kiyokowski. Um, But I think he's another rider who, you know, world championship, Melanson, yada, yada. He's a fantastic rider by great Paul Mares. I expected him to be just a step up as well. I mean, he's a rider who I think needs to fulfil his promise a bit. There's all these guys... And this lack of fulfilment, I promise that I'm talking about, might just be because they're up against other folk who are equally good. And if, if you're in such a talented group, it's hard to put the stamp on the peloton that a Boonin or a Cancellara had. You know, maybe the, yeah. the rest of them are just too good. Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they're all kind of of the same level and no one's head and shoulders above anyone else. But I think we would have seen some of them taken a bit more because they would have knocked bells out of each other during a race or they would, you know that maybe one or two would have won a few more but I, it's going to be an interesting season because I think now is the time I think you know there's been a, f- a kind of clearing out of the older guys um, it, now is the time that these guys need to put their hands up and yeah. start start winning so it's going to be a very interesting classic season I think the GC contenders that thing has kind of stayed very much the same for this season I think you know Froome, Thomas Quintana uh, Dumoulin all that sort of stuff they're all of the same they're of, of the same age within reason uh, the only person that's the obvious outlier there is the world champion we won't mention his name um, yeah, the, other, the only other outlier I'd say is young Enrique Mass because I think he's he's ready to step up but I don't think he's quite in the same level as the other names that you mentioned there yet yeah. there will come a year I think where he'll take that big leap where you suddenly go wow yeah um, so I think I think GC wise, we're not going to. We might see someone take a surprise win, but it'll be from that group of Yates, Dumoulin, Thomas, Froome. Yeah. You know, it, it it's not going to be an outlier, a complete outlier. Um, but yeah, the classics classics are up for grabs, aren't they? Yeah, and I think we could see some young lads whose whose names we are not even mentioning yet. Yeah, you know, start to win. Um, you know, as happened with the 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 Aussie Championships. I mean. That, that guy that whose name I've forgotten now because I don't have my notes in front of me that I'd never oh, heard of. One I have. Um, Come on! No! 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 I, I don't. No, well, I, he was. I was aware of him from the track. Let's put it that way. 
Freebie, Michael Freeberg. Yeah. Writes for, he's, um, he's the, his own company is Airhub. So they make front wheels that you can um, ride at resistance with on the road. Um, he's a huge, huge What, like a fan turbo trainer for the road? Yeah, yeah. That's an awesome have idea. Have a Google of it. Airhub, that's what it's called. Um, two of my mates ride them. Uh, so, uh, I haven't even helped today, but I'm a take nut. Yeah. Yeah, no, Google, Google it, Airhub. Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. So one of the guys that rode the Ross with me, um, we, Connor, um, he uses one. Um, Freebie's a good friend of his. Um, and he seems to be a, just a massive, massive personality. And um, just really, I think, suffered from the politics in Australian cycling over the last few years and hasn't had his chance. I think he's just, he's... He's, well, he's on a contract of, for next year now, isn't he? Somebody's going to sign him. I don't know. I, I don't think they will. I, I he he's the sort of rider that would make a fantastic ruler, would make a fantastic road captain, would make a fantastic man for the classics. He's you know I think he's six two, six three. He's eighty three kg. Um, I know he probably slimmed down you know with uh, on a world tour contract or whatever else. Like you know if he got down to seventy eight kg, he'd be a massive, massive man to have in your team. Um, can pull out massive massive power and knows how to turn himself inside out and suffer like a dog and you saw his finish for that for that um for the Australian championships just the way he rolled up glass cranking boys looking back at him coming up to him and just as he turned around he just hit the gas yeah, and boom. was gone it was just fantastic but that's that you know he's a world omnian track um champion like you don't you don't win those sort of things like for for butter like you know that's a fantastic you know a fantastic achievement for him and he you know he has the experience and he just knew what he was doing and um you know the two boys that were in front they were they were screaming at each other um who was the boy from Oregon Scott uh, uh Meyer uh, yeah Meyer Cam Meyer was screaming that if he comes across he's going to beat us yeah. and he came across and he bet him no, I mean, so, it, was, it was a great win. And, and I think we could easily see that in the classics because those big guys that we've already mentioned will be watching each other. And all you need is, is some, you know, cocky, arrogant little shit. He, he doesn't think, and nobody thinks he's got a chance to come through and just take it. And well, that's not what happened in, in the Aussie Championships. But, I mean, we could be in for some surprises. I, I'm excited already. You can tell. I mean, we've been all over the place in terms of tangents in this show today. But the but part of that is because our brains are going, yes, it's racing time again. That's what the, that's what this show is all about, like you know. But it, <laughs> look, I think uh, classic season. Um, you could see. Look at Dillier last season with uh, Sagan when he got. You know, you one of my highlights of the year was his ride in Ruby. Yep. Um, or you could see a Heyman. Yep. No, it's 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 racing time again, folks. I mean, it's uh, this show will get more regular because my brain's going to be more focused on cycling, um, and it's. Uh, it's just time to get excited. You know, the winter's over. It's The wheels are on the road. It's, you know, it's, it's the best time of the year for me because you've got to look forward to everything that's going to happen and you still don't have any of the answers. Brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted I got I got myself a new coffee machine for Christmas uh, because it's just going to get me through this, this cycling season. See, I'm, I'm so in, looking uh, forward. I'm into cold brew just now. My, my son bought me a, a cold brew jug and it's fantastic. You don't even have to wait for the, the beans to grind. You just go to the fridge. Beautiful, beautiful cup of cold brew. I'm going to get one now. Anyway, <laughs> on that, that. On that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's finish today's show. Welcome, uh, or no, welcome. Goodbye. We'll talk to you again soon. God, my brain's gone, Derek. I'm, I'm getting old, mate. Good luck. <laughs>